Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. I was listening to a financial show last week on the radio, and they were talking about saving and planning for retirement. And I thought, you know, this brings up a great question. Why do we save for retirement? Kind of a Captain Obvious question, I know, for a lot of us, but it's really because we need something to replace our income when we retire and we no longer have a paycheck coming in. The paycheck may stop when we quit our job, but the bills don't go away. Which brings me to another question. How much do we need to save for retirement? Now, just for fun, you guys should Google that. I did that. Just type in, how much do I need to save for retirement into Google? It's unbelievable. I mean, thousands of pages come up. And there's a lot of opinions on this subject. But truthfully, nobody knows the exact amount that we need to save because of all the variables, right? All the variables in life, we just don't know. What we're doing is we're making our calculated best guess. And to do that, one of the biggest factors we have to consider is how much are we spending today or what your budget is. In fact, most of the good financial advisors out there are going to have you start with a, re- with, with a budget. When, when you're doing retirement planning, and I'm talking about retirement planning differently than just you know saving for our working years, putting money into the 401k. It's when you're getting ready to transition from full employment to retirement, that's when you really want to sit down and you want to put a budget together. That's one of the simplest Well, I shouldn't say simplest, but it's one of the most basic things that we need to start with for retirement planning. An honest budget needs to reflect your actual spending and is best done by looking back over the longest period of time that you can manage. And what I mean by this is if, if I'm looking back the last 30 days, well, maybe it's September. Maybe I'm not spending as much on utilities in September as I am in January or, or June. And you have to look at things like that we don't really spend on a regular basis, like you know repairs on the house or, or auto expense, auto insurance, things like that. So it's best if we can just look back over you know, even the last two or three or four or five years and really go to get a good feel for how much money you're spending. That's going to be a more accurate budget. And let me tell you, putting a budget together sounds easy, but this is harder than it sounds. And again, just because of all those variables, you're looking at it, oh, well, remember, you know, I got sick, I missed two weeks of work, or we had to go do this, or we had to go help the kid. And so there's all these variables that are, you know, pulling money out of your account that you're trying to account for. And that's hard to do two, three years down the road. What did we spend this money for? Why? Oh, well, that shouldn't happen again. You know, the hot water heater is fine. We should be good. So starting with a budget, though, is, is just a crucial part of the retirement planning. And the truth is, when we transition into retirement, most of our spending habits are going to change. And one of the most widely held beliefs is that your spending will go down in retirement. I mean, your kids are gone, hopefully. I know there's some 30-year-olds out there still you know, couch surfing at home, but uh, hopefully the kids are gone when you're in retirement. Your house is paid for in a lot of cases. Your cars are paid for. So voila, you do the math and you say, well, we're not going to need as much money as we do during our working years. We're not spending as much on dry cleaning. You know, you can make all these excuses. It makes perfect sense on paper. But in reality, what happens? Well, number one, every day is a Saturday. And I don't know about you, but Saturdays can be pretty expensive. I mean, you know, if it's, if it's, if I'm socked in, it's raining. I find myself wandering around Costco Saturday morning, picking up stuff that I didn't even know existed a week ago, but all of a sudden, Now I need it, you know, or or going to Home Depot and buying that tool for that house project that I'm going to get around to at some point. Um, So, again, you you can find ways to spend money on Saturdays pretty easily. You know, going skiing, going hiking, doing whatever you're doing, going out to eat, going wine tasting, having dinner with friends. I mean, Saturdays tend to be a more expensive day, especially for me working. I'll be honest with you. When I get up and come to work, I pack my lunch. I come to work, I don't leave the office, I get in my car and I go home. I don't spend any money. About the only money I spend during the week is if I have to stop and get gas for the car. That's really about it because I bring my lunch in. 
But the weekends, you know, different story. So another thing that really happens in retirement is we tend to replace existing expenses like mortgage payments that we, you know, we pay the house off. Um, We tend to replace those expenses with other expenses like home improvements. In fact, that's one of the times where people do the most home improvements is during their retirement years. They'll start making their changes. They'll build those garden beds they always wanted to. They'll maybe uh, remodel this or that, do the kitchen. You know, So that's when we see a lot of people spending more money on their home. They're spending more time at their home. It makes sense. So for the net result for a lot of us is we're going to see our spending is not going to go down. Instead, it's going to go up. It's actually going to increase during retirement, especially when you mix in travel and things like that. Now, outside of the budget to plan for retirement, you have to look at what you want your quality of life to be. Do you want to just get by on that frugal budget? You know, I'm just going to get by. This is what I spend on groceries and utilities. I'll put a little bit in for inflation and go there. Now, most of us don't want to do that. You know, most of us want to travel. We want to go see family members. We want to spend our time out enjoying doing things that we didn't have time to do during our working years. That's the whole goal of retirement for a lot of people. So this too is a very important part of your retirement planning. What do you want your quality of life to be? Now, a lot of people, people without savings, put little or no thought into retirement planning. They will work until they can't, and then they will live off Social Security. And by the way, if you Google this, I'm seeing statistics all over the place, but there's there's reports out there that suggest that almost 40% of Americans rely solely on Social Security in their retirement years. You know, and that's pretty hard to do. Um, you know, Social Security does increase with inflation, but the bottom line is nobody's going to get rich or travel or see the world just living off just Social Security. That's pr- pr- pretty tough. But for the rest of us, those of us that have been saving for retirement, it's an ongoing savings game, right? During our working years, we're trying to figure it out. You know, how much do I have to have to have to give up today to save for tomorrow and vice versa? And we go through different stages in our life, saving for the first home, raising the kids, paying for college, paying off the home. And then a lot of us get really serious the last 10 or 15 years and really start maxing out our retirement savings because we can kind of see it, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. However, the end result or the quality of retirement is going to vary greatly for people. Once you cut off that income stream from your job, you are depending on your savings to provide enough money, not only to meet your budget demands, but to support that lifestyle that you want in retirement. Now, this brings me to an interesting point that I picked up listening to this show, and this is why I'm talking about this today. I was listening to these retirement planners and they were talking about the importance of living within your budget during your retirement years. And one of the planners mentioned meeting with his clients for an annual review and realizing that his clients were spending too much money. Now, I'm sure this isn't uncommon, but what I found so interesting is the way the financial advisor phrased his response to his clients. He basically told them that they need to reel in their spending or they're not going to have enough money to pay for the assisted living facility that they would most likely need in the future. Well, wowza. As a a long-term care planning specialist, I'm going to tell you, I've never heard a financial advisor phrase it this way. And, of course, I immediately started yelling back at the radio, you know, that's that's the reason why you have a long-term care plan. That's one of the great reasons out there. And I've just never, in in all my years, I've never heard a financial advisor say, look, you're not going to have the money to pay for that assisted living facility that you're probably going to need. And you know what? Quite honestly, he he was spot on. There's a 92% chance for a married couple that one of you will end up in a long-term care situation. So that worry wasn't unfounded. I've just never heard it expressed that way. Now, when we think about what long-term care plans, they provide a lot of benefits. And one of the more important ones is knowing that you have a dedicated source of money to pay for care when you need it, should you need it, without guessing how much you have to set aside or how much you do not have to spend. That's really the key issue, right? When we're looking at saying, well, I'm self-insuring, I have all this money, how much do I have to save or how much can I not spend to pay for this unknown event in the future? It's, it's, it's very difficult. And a lot of people run into problems with that. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit on the show today. We're going to spend some time discussing some of the advantages of having a plan, including an improved quality of life in retirement. Now, 
before we get to that, I wanted to uh, thank everybody that came to our webinar class on the 20th. That was Wednesday. I just had a great time. I, it's, it's been a while. We took a month off teaching those classes because of the mess out with the Washington State CARES Act. Um, a lot of the carriers have left Washington State. They're still doing business in the other states, but everybody's so backed up that we just kind of throttled back a little bit on the classes. But we just had our first class on the 20th. It was great to get back there. I've got a couple more on the calendar. And the reason why you're going to hear me talking about these classes is because it's the best way for you to start. What we're trying to do at 525 Advisors is educate you on topics regarding long-term care, what long-term care is, what it pays for, what are your choices, what does Medicare do, what's Medicaid, what's the difference between, between the two. You know, what is self-insuring really about? What are the different types of plans that we have, asset-based versus traditional? So we go over all of that in the class, and then you can also send your questions in. So it's just a wonderful way to get started, and then we'll also send you our book, A Guide to Long-Term Care Planning. So that's why you're going to hear me promoting these classes, because we want to educate you first before we sit down to start having that discussion about what long-term care planning can do for you. So I have two classes on the calendar coming up in November. You're going to hear these during the ads. The next one is Saturday the 13th. That's 9 a.m. That's Pacific time. So when I quote these out, that's Pacific time, 4 p.m. Mountain time. And then I have, um, or I'm sorry, it's 9 a.m. in the morning, Saturday the 13th at 9 a.m. So that would be 10 10 a.m. Mountain time. And then the following Wednesday, the 17th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. You can get more information on our website and sign up there at 525longtermcare.com. Again, 525longtermcare.com. Uh, stick around. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to share some of the best advantages of having a long-term care plan in retirement. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. A smart and informative way to learn about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for a free long-term care planning live webinar Saturday, November 13th at 10 a.m. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. You'll learn so much. Then, when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you. Plans that even have lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Read the reviews. People love working with 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage can give your family. Sign up now for the free live webinar Saturday, November 13th at 10 a.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the advantages in retirement about having a long-term care plan. I, I was telling you, I heard this financial advisor telling his clients that, hey, you know, you guys got to reel in your spending or you're not going to have enough money to pay for the assisted living facility. And, and to start off with, having a long-term care plan means that you 
should end up, you know, should you end up in an extended healthcare situation, there's two things that are going to happen. Number one, you're going to have a dedicated tax-free source of funds to pay for care. And number two, you're going to have access to that team of professionals to help you manage your care. The care coordination, the case managers, the claim specialists. My plan has a concierge-level service. They actually assign somebody to me and my family should I go on claim. That's one of our most popular plans. So the bottom line is by having a plan, you want to make sure that your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Now, the biggest mistake that I see out there, I've been doing this for years now, and I simply put is people looking at long-term care as a money proposition, meaning that if you have enough assets, you don't need to worry about long-term care. And this, this idea is flawed in many ways. Number one, Assets don't pay for care. Let me repeat that. Assets don't pay for care. Income pays for care. The problem you have in a long-term care situation is that the bills, remember your budget, you have this budget, you have income coming in to meet that budget, but your bills exceed your income. Therefore, now we have to convert assets to income before we can pay those bills. And what's the problem there? Well, guess what? If you're yanking that money out of a retirement account, you're paying taxes on that. So you got to pay the tax man. If you're selling a piece of property, you're going to pay the taxes on it. So there's always the tax consequences when we convert assets to income. Number two, assets don't manage your care. I can have $2 million in cash sitting in the bank. And if I have a stroke, guess what? Who am I going to call? The banker's not going to figure out what I need to do. The, the money's not going to take care of that for me. I'm on my own, right? I'm going to have to find somebody. And if I'm incapacitated, well, now I just shove that onto somebody else. Somebody else is going to have to figure out how to manage my long-term care situation. Your money does not do that for you. And most importantly, we don't know how much money we're going to need to pay for care. So setting the right amount aside is very difficult. Now, think about that advisor, what he was telling his clients. You know, you're not going to have enough money to pay for assisted living down the road that you're probably going to need. Well, how much does he think they need? He must have some idea because if they were setting it, you know, they they were $700,000 last year and now they're at $600,000 of cash reserves. He must be thinking, well, there's there's some number in there at their spend rate that if they get below that, they're not going to have enough money. It's just that nobody will pinpoint that and say, oh, you need $312,042 to pay for long-term care in the future. So you can't spend below that. It doesn't work that way. Think, you know, how much does he think they need? Well, he's got to have an idea, but what if they had a separate account? What if they had a dedicated source of money to pay for that care? Should they need it? Would that be beneficial? Of course it would in a lot of ways. Number one, they would know there's a source of funds to pay for that care. They would have a dedicated source of funds. So they'd know should either one of them end up in an extended long-term care situation, they're going to flip that switch, and here comes that tax-free stream of revenue to pay for long-term care. Number two, more importantly, they wouldn't have to feel guilty about spending their other money because if all the money's in basically one big pot, you're self-insuring. Well, it's like every time you take a vacation, are you spending your long-term care future dollars down? I mean, you don't know. You know, they wouldn't be guessing if they were, you know, how much they're spending or if they're spending too much if they had a dedicated source to pay for that long-term care. Now think about it. You work hard, you do all the right things, you save, and now you feel guilty about spending your money. Why? Well, because you don't have a plan. And in the back of your mind, what happens? If you or your spouse or both of you end up in an extended healthcare situation, it could be devastating. By the way, in survey after survey, AARP does this, several colleges have done these surveys. They're always the same. The number one fear for people in retirement is running out of money not dying early, not ending up in the emergency room. It's running out of money. That's the number one fear. So when we're trying to self-insure our long-term care journey, we've worked hard. We have all this money. We think, oh, we probably have enough, but what's in the back of your mind? Yeah. What what if I get T-bone and get a spinal injury at, at, at 68? Or I'm like my neighbor's friend and I'm diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's at 71 and I have a 10-year journey. It could wipe out the estate, right? That's what's in the back of your mind. So this advisor was right to worry, you know, he, but the solution for his clients was not to quit spending money. The best alternative would have been for them to take some of that money and leverage it up and get a plan in place if they could still do that. And today you even have, you have these wonderful options. You can set up a plan that's going to guarantee leverage, meaning 
a dollar and is going to turn into $3 or more of long-term care insurance tax-free. And that money is going to come back to you should you not use it. And a lot of these plans even have some liquidity to them, meaning that if we move some money into a long-term care plan and something changes and we need money back in the future, we can go back and we can access some of that money. So again, when we think about long-term care planning, there's a lot of advantages out there. Number one, guaranteed source of funds to pay for care. Number two, you don't have to convert your assets to income and pay tax. Now, a lot of people just have their money in their IRAs. They're taking required minimum distributions, and they're assuming, well, if I need more money, I guess I'll just spend down that IRA. Well, guess what? That's counted as income when you take that money out. So it's going to push up your income level, which is going to push up the cost on your Medicare, and it's going to start that tax snowball. And so you're going to pay more taxes than you need to. Also, having that long-term care plan provides you access to that team of professionals. So most of these plans are going to give you either a certain level of service or they're going to pay for that service. There's national um, care coordination companies out there that can help you and your loved ones manage a long-term care. They understand the difference between cognitive impairment and physical impairment and how to get home health care workers and how to find the right facility should you're going to move into it. All of those people will come with that plan. And again, that's an expense that's either covered by your long-term care insurance or it's included in your long-term care insurance. It also, you know, Knowing that the family won't have to step in and do that, I just think that's one of the biggest advantages of long-term care. Most of my clients that have a plan, when you look at them, you read our reviews on our website, you can just click down there on the top-rated local. Those are all verified clients of mine. Number one theme you're going to see going through there is that they're relieved. They're not sitting there saying, oh, I know I'm going to use this. They're, They're relieved that if something should happen, if the house burns down, they've got insurance to rebuild it. If they end up in long-term care, they've got insurance to cover that event. That's what they're happy about. That's what they're relieved from. And number five, the the other thing I think it really does that people overlook, it gives you the freedom to enjoy your retirement. Because again, if you're self-insuring, you're always trying to figure out, do I have enough money set aside? And you you can read the averages, the $250,000 per head is going to be needed in retirement to pay for medical costs and long-term care. So you can say, well, a married couple needs $500,000. Well, you you can go off of those. But does that really mean anything? No, we, we've seen people blow through millions of dollars in long-term care situations. And we see people that may be in our long-term care situation for three, four months, and then they pass away. So again, that's the unknown. We just don't know. So knowing that an extended healthcare situation won't wipe out you and wipe out your legacy is another one of the best benefits of having a long-term care plan. It's the idea of saying, hey, I want to do some estate planning. I want to be able to give this property to the kids. I want to do this. I want to do that because I'm not going to have to go down and sell that in the future because I have a dedicated source to pay for long-term care. Now, there's a wide variety of long-term care plans out there that can be set up. But for someone like this financial advisor is talking about, this is somebody that's already self-insuring. That's really where we're going to focus in on these asset-based plans. And when we think about this, you know, these asset-based plans, these are, when I say asset-based plan, that just means that there, it's still an asset to the estate, whether you use it or not, you're going to get paid back one way or the other. You're either going to end up in long-term care and you're going to get that tax-free benefit to pay for the care, which is why we have that plan. Or should you not use it, you get lucky. There's assets there. There's money that's going to be paid back to the estate. And some of these plans even have the option for allowing you to pull some of that money out while you're alive. If you want to reduce your coverage, but you need some of the cash that you put into the plan. And so I've got a great client of the week this week. I want to introduce you to to Jacob and Claire when we come back from our break. Because this was a classic example. These were people that were self-insuring. They're an older couple. And we showed them how to set up a savings-based long-term care plan, an asset-based plan that's going to pay them and their estate back. And we're going to show you some of the protection. I think of this advisor when he's looking at his client saying, look, you need to spend less. Well, what if he could show them a way to turn a dollar into $3 tax-free? And if they don't use it, they can get that money back. Well, would that make more sense? Well, you tell me. We're going to go over that in the client of the week. So stick around. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And then after the client of the week, I also got on, uh, you know, I, I want to touch a little bit more about a question that I got this weekend on the radio program. Someone asking me about these asset-based plans, how they work, why an insurance company can afford to pay you back. So I'm going to touch on that as well, too. So stick around. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. 
Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. Well, I tell you, fall has started. Uh, middle of October, uh, wind is blowing. I'm out here in Seattle this weekend right now, and, you know, I've got a, got a home in Creek, Colorado. It's already, you know, down below freezing up there, so we've had to shut the water off to the house. And, you know, I, I'm kind of praying for some snow in the mountains this winter. Love to ski, number one, but number two, we need the snowpack out there for the west. It's been dry, dry, dry. So uh, hopefully, cross our fingers, let's hope that we get that snow up there in the mountains this year. So, um, again, you heard our ads. We have a couple classes coming up. You can always get that schedule at 525longtermcare.com. Just click on Attend an Event, and if you're on your mobile app, it's going to be right there on the homepage, Attend an Event, and that will pull up our schedule for the different classes. All you need to do is sign up, and you're going to get an email link, and when the class starts, you just jump on that link, and you just watch the watch the webinar, and you can send questions in there. You don't have to download any software. There's no executable, as they call it, for you know, some of these software like Zoom and Teams and stuff where you're having to download software, you don't have to do any of that. You can just watch it right through your browser. Pretty easy squeezy. So this is my favorite part of the show right now, the client of the week. We do this at the bottom of the hour every week. And I'm going to tell you, I get kind of amped up on these and, and I know um, I talk fast and I get amped up and I've heard that. But what I want you to take away from this is not trying to memorize the numbers do not focus on the numbers. What I want you to look at is it's just really a 10,000-foot view to understand how we can design a plan and what these plans can do. The dollar amounts are going to vary for everybody based on age and what you're putting in and stuff, of course. So don't worry about that. But just understand the big picture of how these plans work. That's really what we're trying to do. And this week, I want to introduce you to Jacob, who is 78, and Clara, who is 76. Now, first off, think about that. 78 and 76. Most people, in fact, I've had a lot of clients in the 70s and in even the 80s. We just helped a client who was 84. You know, everybody tells them they're too old to get long-term care insurance. Oh, you're too old. You're going to have to self-insure. You should have done that, you know, in your 50s. That's just not true, folks. 70s, it's your health that allows you to get long-term care insurance. 70s is not a problem. Even early 80s, we have, we have you know, at 80, we lose the vast majority of the carriers out there. But from 80 to 85, I still have a savings-based program out there that will work if you're healthy enough. But up to age 80, if you're still healthy, you're going to have some options out there, which is pretty cool. So this is a great example. Jacob, 78, Clara, 76. They were referred to me from a client who told them, you know, they were older and that they had got a plan through us. And, and these guys didn't believe it. So they came to one of our classes and then we met with them and, and we ended up designing a plan for them. And this is, you know, the clients I love to help. I mean, they, they, they were open to this. They were just, they were open and honest. Um, they were both retired. They were enjoying their time spending with their nine grandchildren. Now, they had zero grand, great-grandkids yet, but they were very hopeful. But they had nine grandchildren. Um, their concerns when they came to see me is becoming a burden on their family. Number one, their kids were busy. Their kids all had kids, and so they were busy with that. Um, another concern, you know, in the back of their mind was depleting their assets. Again, when you're self-insuring, you don't have a defined amount of money. So you're always wondering how much do I need to set aside to pay for care? You don't know. Um, they have, um, they've known several people recently again, cause they're 78 and 76 that have entered into long-term care situations, including a close family friend that was diagnosed with Alzheimer's three years ago. And this was one of Clara's friends, and she saw firsthand what it did, you know, what it did to, the, to, to, to her friend's husband, what it did to her friend's kids. She said it was just a nightmare, and she's like, I don't want to be that person. She goes, they were just so unprepared, and it's just become a nightmare for everybody. The wagons are circling, and everybody's trying to figure out how to take care of mom. And so she's seeing that, you know, right, you know, firsthand. Jacob was also concerned because, you know, he was saying, gosh, I've had some friends that have had strokes, and I'm wondering what happens if one of us end up in a long-term care situation or he has a stroke and then they spend all their money down and it leaves, leaves the spouse, you know, living a, a lower lifestyle or, or without the financial resources that they need for retirement. So those were some of their biggest concerns. Now, what we found out about them 
they both had Social Security and they both had pensions. And so their income was pretty split. This was interesting. So husband and wife each had Social Security and pension. And you combine the two, they had a nice amount of money that they were living on. They were taking their required minimum distributions from their retirement account, which they had to. They were both over 70 and a half when they had to start theirs. But combined with Social Security and their pension and the required minimum distributions, they were living comfortably. In fact, they were even able to save some money. They had a good chunk of money in savings, and that was the money that they were earmarking for long-term care. Because I ask them, I always ask everybody that's self-insuring, what's the first source of money you're going to go to? Meaning, I need an extra $6,000 this month. Where is it going to come from? I need an extra 4000 an extra 8000 Where is it going to come from? Okay, I need that the next month, the month after that. Okay, two years down the road, we still need that money. Where is it going to come from? And so his, you know, Jacob was just like, well, this is why we set up the savings account. They had money market savings accounts and CDs. So this was just their cash, what they called their rainy day funds. They were not going to put this money back in the market. A lot of it was excess money that was coming out of their retirement account. They were paying the taxes and they were saving it. Now, this was a smart approach because as they pulled their money out of their IRAs, if, if they left the money in, you know, if they, they just plan on using IRA money and they were spending all their money, they would say, well, we go back to our RA. Well, they're going to have to use that bucket of money. They're going to pay taxes on that money if they bring it out. By having some cash set aside, they don't have to pull extra money out of their IRA. They can just pull up the required minimum distributions. They could use the cash to pay for long-term care. Their taxes want to go up. So that's a smart approach. So if you're forced to self-insure, like your health is compromised to a point you can't get it, and you're looking at, well, am I going to pay it out of cash or am I going to pay it out of a retirement account? Well, paying out of a retirement account is going to be more expensive because it's going to push your income up. It's going to push your taxes up on Medicare and things like that. So this was a good approach. That they were actually you know, setting on some cash that they could use for you know, th- that rainy day or that long-term care situation. And you know, they pretty much assumed that they were self-insuring. They had looked into long-term care insurance six years ago, like a pay-as-you-go plan, and they were turned down. Now, their health is not the best, but they did have some options. And again, remember, your health is what allows you to get long-term care. On asset-based plans, these savings-based plans that we ended up designing for Jacob and Claire are the most flexible on the health underwriting. You have to pass a cognitive test, which is just a phone interview, and you have some knockout questions. And they were able to pass all of those. And so that's why we were able to get a plan. Now, Here's how we figured out to put a plan for them. And taking a look at their options, we, we ended up saying, well, these are, the, these are the companies we can look at. We reviewed their available sources to fund a plan. And they had IRA money. They had savings money. And we said, well, we don't have any pay-as-you-go plans. I have single lump sum plans. That's all I can do, meaning we've got to walk in with a single deposit to the insurance company so that either can come out of your IRA account or it can come out of your savings. Well, for these guys, it made the most sense to look at that savings account because that's really what they were using that savings account for. They were trying to build that up. Now, and they can avoid that tax hit of pulling the money out on the IRA. So when we look at their savings account, I was asking Jacob, I said, what was the goal here on the savings? I mean, if you guys are going to self-fund long-term care, did you have a goal that we, what you were trying to get that up to? And he said, yes, we're trying to get to $500,000. I, I think $500,000 in savings, that's about $250,000 a person. Hopefully we don't need that. The other person can have some extra money to use. But we felt that was kind of the goal that would make us feel comfortable. If we could get that money set aside for a long-term care then it would free us up to do other things with, you know, traveling and, and giving and charities and, and, and passing money on to our kids. That was what they were thinking. So first off, kudos to both of them for making a plan and having a concept of what they might need. Go back to that financial advisor who's sitting there looking at his client saying, you guys are just spending money. You're not looking clearly like what the cost could be down the road for, for long-term care. Jacob and Claire had at least thought that through and said, well, We don't know if it's going to be enough, but we'd like to have a goal earmarked of at least having $500,000 outside of our other money that we could use for long-term care. So, so again, I I was, I was very happy to see that. Another question I asked both of them was how much money per year did they think they would need to add to their existing income to pay for care? Now, why did I ask this? Well, if you're saving or self-funding, you can access as much of your savings as you want until it's exhausted. Meaning like if I've got $500,000 and I need $100,000 a month, I can take out $100,000 a month until I exhaust that savings. But on a long-term care insurance plan, it's a little bit different. Part of the deal with long-term care insurance is we have this bucket of money, but we also have to decide how much money we are going to pull out per month 
to pay for care. So there's going to be some limits on that. So otherwise, you could have a plan that limits you to $1,000 a month. You could have a plan that limits you to $20,000 a month. So my point on that question saying, how much money do you think you would need above what you have coming in right now should you be in a long-term care plan? And they were really figuring about $80,000 to $100,000 a year. That was kind of their goal. And the reason why is the most expensive part of a long-term care situation is if one person needs to go to a facility and the other person isn't ready to go there. Now you're paying for two households. And so what they were trying to figure out was like, okay, if one of us has to go to a facility and we need to spend you know, $10,000 a month on long-term care there, well, between our Social Security, our pension, our required minimum distributions, can we leave the, the, the community spouse, the healthy spouse, enough money to continue on with a comfortable lifestyle? So that's how much money they were trying to figure out. So they figured maybe $80,000 to $100,000 a year would be sufficient. And I said, okay, so we're, we're going to look that down at, you know, seven to $8,000 a month, basically additional income. And they said, yes, that's where they wanted to be. So there we were. We had some good baseline. We had some numbers. We knew how we could fund this. We could use some of their savings. And I said, what if we design a plan that would meet that need, that monthly benefit that you want, that annual contribution amount, the the $500,000 bucket of money, but we just use part of your savings. I don't need all your savings. I just need part of it. And they were like, oh, that's that sounds great. You know, tell us more. So that's what we did. We really, we took a portion of their savings. They had, they were, they, they were, their goal was to get to 500,000. They weren't there yet, but they were headed there. They'd be there in another year or two. We took a portion of that of $277,000. That was just a single lump sum. And the reason why we took this was this was money that they had right now that was available. So money market accounts and cash, they had some other money in CDs, but you would have to pay a penalty if we access that CD early. So I said, let's look at our available cash that we have right now. So we took the $277,000 and we deposited that with the insurance company. Now, what did that do for him? Well, the reason why you do it is remember the leverage. I was saying if you can take some savings at 277 and you leverage it, you get insurance for it. So that 277 turns into $831,000. So remember, long-term care insurance is a big bucket of money. So in their bucket, they have 831,000. Now their goal was 500. Now they have 831. But here's the the catch on it. There's some limits to how fast they can take that out. And they were thinking, you know, 80 to 100,000, so we gave them 92. This ends up giving them $9,233 a month. So that means each of them could pull $9,233 a month out if they were both on claim until they exhaust that 831,000. And if you do the math on that, that's over $110,000 a year tax-free for long-term care per person. So really we've got, you know, we've, we've got over eight years or, or about eight years basically of coverage right here, seven and a half, eight years of coverage if one person was on claim. But th- what's nice about this plan is we took a fraction of their savings. We tripled it. We turned 277 into 831. They can each pull out $110,000 a year tax-free. It does not count as income. It doesn't have any effect on their taxes at all. Now, look what we just did for just overnight, tripled the value of the money that we put into the plan. We gave them a dedicated tax-free source of money to pay for that care. And more importantly, we removed the guessing and the pressure of them trying to add money to savings and wondering if they should be saving this money instead of spending it on their grandkids and vacations and living their retirement years. Now, this was a single deposit of slightly over half of what their goal was to pay for long-term care but we tripled the value of that deposit. We actually settled on this amount just because, again, it was the amount that they had readily available. They could have put a little bit more in. They could have put a little bit less in. It would have been the same effect. Three times whatever they deposited would have been their total amount, and then we would have divided that out to get up the monthly benefit. Now, other things that this plan that you need to understand about this, number one, zero-day waiting for home health care. So that means if you have an event, you have a stroke, you end up in the hospital for a few weeks and you want to come back and receive your care at home, there's zero day waiting. You can get your $9,200 a month tax-free turned on right away. This is a joint plan. So Jacob and Clara both have access to this money at $9,200 a month until it's gone. But if one of them passes away, the full benefit, that full $800,000 is available for the other person to use, for the survivor to use. So again, they're both on the same plan. They can both access it. But if one passes away, all that money, all that benefit is left there for the other person. Now, 
if they use less than $277,000, which is what they put into the plan, think about this. They deposited 277, 10 years down the road, they pass away, they never use it. Guess what happens? The 277 is paid back to the estate. If they need access, they need, they need money, this is another great thing about these savings-based plans. After year one, let's say they needed some money. They could take out 10%. So let's say they did that. Out of that 277, they took $27,000 out of it for cash. That would reduce their cash from the 277 in the account down to 250 but it would take their long-term care insurance from 831 to 750 it would drop their long-term care benefit from 9300 down to around $8,200 a month. But they would still have a plan. They would still have a very meaningful plan. They would still have three times the money for insurance that they have in the cash value plan, but they have access to that cash. So think about this. I mean, this is just such a wonderful plan. If you are self-insuring, what are they really doing at the end of this? They're trading interest for insurance. And with interest rates as low as they are, you got to remember at 3% interest, it takes 24 years for them to double their money. They're poor, probably both going to be dead in 24 years. They're 76 and 78. So just actuarially, they don't have 24 years you know, for the long-term care journey. So even if they were getting 3%, if they're getting 5%, it'd take them 15 years. Well, rates are not even close to that. You can get a half a percent on a five-year CD right now. They simply traded some minimal interest for instant leverage and instant benefits of long-term care and a freedom up from having to save all that extra money to try to get there to self-insure. Now, give them a peace of mind and takes that worry away from them having to save future dollars that they're pulling out. And the best thing about it, you know what? Go back to what the advisor was saying. You need to spend less money or you're not going to be able to pay for that. Guess what? Jacob and Clara, they can spend a little bit more money now. They can take their kids to Disneyland. They can do what they want. They can enjoy their retirement years. They work hard. They're both still healthy. They can still travel. They can go out and do what they want to do. And that's what these plans do. And I'll tell you, I get so amped up on this um, because these people, Jacob, you know, he was so thankful at the end of this. He's like, why doesn't everybody do this? I can't believe this. This is just stupid, simple, and it makes the most sense. And the reason why these plans exist It's because of the Pension Protection Act that went into 2010. There's some law changes in there. And most people, including advisors, still aren't familiar with the guaranteed leverage and how wonderful the tax benefits are for these asset-based long-term care plans. So I need to take a moment, hit the oxygen, uh, but stick around. I got a great question from a listener this week about asset-based plans, and I want to share that with you when we come back from break. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes. Guarantee the quality of your care and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. A smart and informative way to learn about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for a free long-term care planning live webinar Saturday, November 13th at 10 a.m. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. You'll learn so much. Then, when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you. Plans that even have lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Read the reviews. People love working with 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage can give your family. Sign up now for the free live webinar Saturday, November 13th at 10 a.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care 
Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. Ooh, okay. Uh, hit a little bit of the oxygen. I always get amped up on these client of the weeks. And um, again, we have all of these on our podcast. We have some examples on our website. There's just a lot of different variations. And one of the questions might say is like, why doesn't everybody do one of these savings-based plans? Well, if you're younger and you, you're healthier, you can do one of the asset-based plans like I have that have lifetime benefits and get a little bit more coverage for the same money in but you would give up some of the access to the cash. And that's the nice thing about the savings-based plans here. For a 78 and 76-year-old, not only did they just triple their coverage, uh, triple their value of their money for long-term care tax-free, but they still have access to some of that money. You can take money out without canceling your plan. You just can't put the money back in, so just be aware of that. Again, we have a couple classes coming up next month, so keep that in mind. It's going to be on uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. That's on the 13th, and then turn around on the 17th, which is a Wednesday. We're going to do that at 3 in the afternoon. Again, that's Pacific time, so if you're listening in Colorado on one of our stations out there, that's just add an hour to that, so it would be 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Now, um, because of uh, you know th- these new programs out there, I talk about them all, all the time. We get questions um, about these these all the time. How do they work? How does the insurance company make them work? It seems too good to be true. And uh, this week we got a question. And you can send us a question if you go to our website at five two five longtermcare.com. You click on the radio tab. You're going to see a little box that pops up that says send us a question. So you can just click on that tab. You can send us in a question. We dig through those questions every week. And when I find something that's going to pertain to a show, I love to bring them in. And so this question came in from Diane. She's a listener of ours. And she said, I'm very interested in the asset-based long-term care plans I've heard you talk about, but I don't understand how the company can give me my money back if I don't use it. Seems too good to be true. Can you please explain how this works? Certainly. And, and I, I tell you, in, in the live classes, I always get somebody that asks me the same question. It seems too good to be true. I'm going to give you this money. You're going to give it back to me if I don't use it, but you're going to give me $3 back if I need it for long-term care. I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. So what it boils down to, folks, is actuarial science. This is the same way all insurance works. What we're doing is if you went into a homeowner's insurance company and you said, well, how in the heck can you insure my million-dollar home for $1,500 a year? I I don't get that. Well, it's because they're studying this village of 1,000 homes for 100 years, and they know every year X amount of houses catch on fire, X amount burn completely down, a certain percentage are just small kitchen fires, and they do all that actuarial science. Well, they do the same thing for life insurance and health insurance and long-term care. So what the actuaries are looking at is the population as a whole. They know about a third of the people that file a long-term care claim are going to die within a year. And then they just keep following that pattern. And you've got people that are on claim right now for 14, 15 years on active claims. But that's a much smaller percentage of the population. And so what they do is they study this year after year after year, and they start seeing these trends. And so then they can pretty much say, okay, we expect to pay X amount per year, and then we're going to add a little cushion, plus or minus, either way. And that's the way life insurance works. That's the way long-term care works. So what's happening on these asset-based plans, like if you look at Jacob and Clara, what they did is they walked in and they said, here's $277,000. Well, when you do the math, what are they really doing? They're self-insuring, right? They were self-insuring anyway, but they were trying to save $500,000. They're going to take that $277,000 in the first two years on claim. If one of them's on claim the first two years, they're using their own money. If they were both on claim at the same time, they would use up that two seventy-seven dollars in the first year. But what happens then is the insurance company comes in and they pay behind that. So if you assume most of these asset-based plans for a single individual, they are paying, they're self-insuring the first two years, and then the insurance is kicking in behind that years three, four, five, six. Or like mine, I have an unlimited lifetime benefits. I'm really self-funding the first two years with the amount of premiums I've put in. But guess what? Now I have lifetime benefits behind that. 
So that's how these plans work. And you got to look at it. What they're doing with Jacob and Claire's money is they are looking at the actuarial science. They don't know Jacob and Claire, you know, personally. They're going to health underwrite them, but they outside of that, they don't know much about them. They don't know if they're going to end up in care next year or 10 years or never. They have to look at the whole big actuarial pool of people. And so they have their trends going. And so what they're going to do is they're going to take that 277. They are going to invest it in their general account. Now, remember, insurance companies are cash reserve companies. So they're doing the same thing that uh, they're buying government treasuries. They're all doing the same thing. They have to use government treasuries and some corporate um, bonds. They can use some A-plus corporate bonds as cash reserves. But they can't use investments in stock accounts or mutual funds or things like that as cash reserves. So they meet their cash reserve requirements, and they're investing your money. They're in, in whatever pattern they're doing, they're getting a return on that. They're expecting that return to be enough to pay the insurance claims. And so for the someone like Jacob and Claire that put this money in, if they don't use it, well, what's the worst-case scenario for the insurance company? They got to use their money in their investment pool for two years, five years, six years, whatever it was, and they give the money back to them. What did we lose as a client? Well, you say we lost the interest. Well, the interest is next to nothing. What did we gain out of it? We gained that leverage in case something does happen to us. Now we have $3 for every dollar in there tax-free, and we have access to this team of professionals to help us manage our care. So there's no magic to these asset-based plans. You're just putting more money in faster, the insurance companies being able to use that money, and you take the chance you, you take that risk and you transfer it over to the insurance company. So you've burned another week with us. I appreciate it. Stick around. Uh, we'll be back next week with another new show. And let us know if you have any questions. 525longtermcare.com. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.